pastor in his absence. We want to thank God for him and thank God for another opportunity to share the word of God with this congregation. We also want to recognize our associate pastor, Reverend Chandler, for leading us into worship and to the men's choral for an awesome job for leading us through songs and putting us in the framework of worship, to the musician for playing so diligently and ushering us into worship, and to you, the congregation, for being here this morning to worship God. So we thank God for you and thank God for just his word. Uh, this morning, um, if you have your Bible, I pray you do. Um, turn with me to the epistle of First John, chapter 3. Just the first two verses. Just the first two verses. Will you stand, please? If you find it, say amen. If you're looking for it, say I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. It's in the New Testament. So we eliminated the Old Testament. So we, it's in the New Testament. Just keep looking. You come across it. Go to the index of your Bible. You will see where First John is. Amen. Amen. All right. It reads, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Behold. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Somebody say children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God, we thank you for your word that has been read. We pray, O oh God, that you will remove us from the way. That, O oh God, as we teach this morning, Lord, that your word will fall on felt as sore. That it will Instruct us, it will convict us, it will encourage us to hold on just a little while longer. Now we thank you, God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You may have your seat. From these two verses I want to share on the topic the best is yet to come. Do we have any movie goers in this house? If you've been to the movie lately you know why you in the movie theater sitting and waiting for your movie to begin there are a series of previews that have been played. As you sit there and you chew on the popcorn and hold a big drink in your hand and begin to, to watch the preview, 
you, so, if you like me, you make up your mind just from the preview what the movie is going to be like. So if the preview isn't the best, you decide, nope, I'm not going to be watching this movie. But if the preview is one that captures your mind and your imagination, then you can imagine what the whole movie is going to be like. That's what John says to us. John says, we are now children of God, but it doesn't appear what we shall be like. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Let me give you what's happening in the text. The church finds itself at a place where it has been divided. John writes to the congregation in Jerusalem to encourage them to hold on, those of them who have remained behind, to hold on to their faith. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened when the church got separated or got divided. But what we do understand is that John is writing to a group of people who found themselves discouraged by the split. And so John writes to them to encourage them to hold on to their faith during this difficult period of divide. So John begins by encouraging them, by telling them, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. John says that if the Father has bestowed upon us wonderfully a love that is beyond human comprehension, then we ought to reciprocate that love to other people. He said, we are children of God. How can I say that I'm a child of God? And then my neighbor says right by me, I don't speak to them. He said, beloved, we are children of God. As children of God, we are obligated to speak to one another. Just as we belong to one family, sometimes we may fuss and fight, but that does not mean that we do not love one another. So as believers, if we are called children of God, it is our responsibility to love the person that we find next to us as a family member belonging to the same church. John continues to encourage the, ch the church in Jerusalem. He said the community that had left was unable to maintain their fellowship because they did not believe the problem that were caused was because some of the members who were in the church, they were denying the deity of Christ. They denied that Jesus was God incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary, who was brought into the world through the, 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 the conception of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, they, 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 they decided because they, they, they could not hold on to that, to that confession, they decided how can we be part of this congregation that believes that 
God came in him of flesh. So because of that, they decided they would break away from the congregation. So John writes to the remainder of the congregation to encourage them. Listen to what John says. In the, in the introductory verse, John said, we declare to you, in John chapter 1 verse 1, he said, we declare to you what was from the beginning we have heard, we have seen with our own eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Jesus is the word of life. So John tells them, say, from the very beginning, Jesus has existed. When God said, let us make man our own image, God was referring to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Faith, John tells the community at Jerusalem, faith according to him is not a matter of cognitive accession. It is a testimony of real life experience that has been given by God. This is how Hebrew defines faith. Hebrew defines faith as being a show of what you do not see, but yet believe that you will receive it. That's faith. I'm not, I, I'm not sure of what I can see, but I believe it, that God is going to make a way somehow. I believe that despite of my circumstances, despite of what I'm going through, that God is going to make a way somehow. So John continues to admonish them. He said, those of them who have chosen to depart from the fellowship with Jesus and they claim that they have no sin. First John 1 and 8 tells us that if we say we have no sin, we are liars. We are liars. So that's, that was why the, the believers that broke away were claiming that they did not have no sin. And John refutes that. He said, if you say you have no sin, you are a liar. Because we were born into a sinful world. We have our Adamic nature that, 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 that is sinful. And so he says that we cannot say we don't have sin. You see, the specific details of their sins were not spelled out. There is not an enumerated list of behavior or action except that they chose to leave the group. They went out from among us, John 2, 18 to 19. From this perspective, John say their, their departure violates the identity of a community as those who love one another. If we love one another, then we, we do not break fellowship with one another. If we love one another, if we are called children of God, then we ought to behave as children of God. And as children of God, we do not hold speech because somebody did something to us. We ought to be man and woman enough to go to them. The Bible said if your brother has an odd against you, you ought to confront your brother and not to, to call us speech with them. As believers, how we know we are growing in maturity is that if we're able to confront our brother when they sin against us or when they, when they offend us and not call us speech from them. It is sickening and heartening to see believers who call themselves children of God not speaking to one another because somebody did something to you 25 years ago. 
You can even remember what that person did to you, but yet you come Sunday in and Sunday out, say you're a Christian. How can you be called children of God and, don't, and do, not, do not exhibit the behavior that goes with children of God? That's what John was trying to tell the congregation in Jerusalem. If you say you are a child of God, you ought to behave like a child of God and stop behaving like a heathen. John tells them, he says, see, perhaps better translated, look. The first word of the passage suggests that the love given by God is something that people can actually see. The Bible says, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. If we say we love somebody, we ought to go the extra mile to demonstrate to that person that we love them. Because love is not passive. The word love is an action word. So you ought to demonstrate that you love somebody by doing something. Where if God has said he loved us and never came to care about us, what would have happened to us? How would we have known that God loved us? The Bible says he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to come and die for us so that you and I can be reconciled to God. And if we say we love God and we love God, then we ought to reciprocate our love by loving our neighbors. If you say you love God, whom you do not see, and you hate your brother that you see every day, then you, you, you cannot be a child of God. As a child of God, you ought to love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor as yourself, then you won't be planning no evil for your neighbor. If you love your neighbor as yourself, then you will not be hitting your neighbor. You will stop. You would not call a speech from your neighbor. John said, we are children of God. Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of the Most High. Be called children. John goes further. He said, he said the, reason, the reason why the Word does not love us is because they did not love Christ. They did not love Christ. That's why the world doesn't love you because they did not love Christ. And if we are children of God, then the, the, the world is going to hit us because we belong to the Most High God. We are children of the Most High. We are children of the King of Kings. We are children of the one who created the heaven and earth. We are children of the one who died on the cross for our sins. That's who we are. So next time when you're going through some trials and tribulation. Remember that trials and tribulation come to make you strong. But yet, as believer, you are still children of God as you go through your trials and tribulations. He said, Beloved, now we are children of God. This, let's look at who we are as children of God. What does the Bible say? In the past, as in the past, according to the law, we were condemned because we were born sinful in a sinful world. So we were not worthy to be called children of God. But now, John said, because of the work that Christ has done on the cross, we are now children of the Most High. But can you imagine, John said, it does not appear what we shall be like. 
So what John is saying that right now we are getting glimpses of who we will be when Christ shall return. We are just in, we are, we're getting some of the, the glimpses of who we will be. But the Bible said when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall be like him. If we are now children of God, can you imagine what we will be like when Christ shall come? What it's going to be like? This body, Paul said, this mortal body shall pull on immortality. Can you imagine some of our worst fears as believers, which is death? The Bible said there will be no more death. There will be no more death. What we shall be like, we don't know yet. But this one thing we know, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The writer said, children of God, that's who we are right now. Not only are we called it, but we are the children of God. God's own children, you and I, all of the sins of Christ, all of us who have come to trust God's only son as our savior, Children of God, sons and daughters of God, all members of God's forever family, the church. That's our status right now and our privilege even now and in this age. What hope this fills us with, children of God, that is our identity. So the next time you're going through trials and tribulation, remind yourself, say, I am a child of God. The next time when life is treating you uh, 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 bad, just remind yourself, say, I am a child of God. I was born of, uh, of the Holy Spirit. I am a child of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am a child of God. Yes, sometimes I may have to endure burden. Sometimes I may have to endure hardship. But yet I remind myself, I am a child of God. Sometimes I may have to go through trials and tribulation. But yet I remind myself, I am a child of God. That's who I am. Because the Bible says that I am a child of God, born of the Holy Spirit. I am a child of God because Christ died for me. I am a child of God because I belong to the, the identity of Christ. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. It doesn't matter what the world says. I am a child of God. Aren't you glad that you are a child of God? Aren't you glad that no matter what the world says, you're a child of God? Aren't you glad that no matter what the world thinks about the church, that we are, a child, we are children of God? Aren't you glad that God sees, he, he looks beyond your fault and he meets your needs because you are his child? Aren't you glad that no circumstances, Paul puts it this way, neither death nor life, no, nothing present or in the future shall be able to separate me from the love of God? I'm so glad that no matter what my life circumstances is, I can always remind myself that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can always remind myself that God is so good to me that I've been to myself. I can always remind myself that no matter what I'm going through, I am a child of God. It's only for we 
sleeping may only endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I can only remind myself that no matter what my life circumstances is, I have a God that I can trust in. I have a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, than all that I can ask of ever imagine. I have a God who looks beyond my fault and gets to my knees. I have a God who is able to make a way out of nowhere. I have a God who is able to, to part the Red Sea. I have a God who is able, who is able to, to lead me through. I have a God who is able to prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. I have a God who is able to look up to the hills from whence come my help. I have a God who is able to make way out of nowhere. That's the God I serve. Yes, it doesn't yet appear what, it shall, what I shall be like. But if I know that when he shall appear, I shall be like him, I ought to shout for joy. Because I, there will come a time when this body will have not to experience no more death, no more sickness. There will come a time when I don't have to go to the doctor anymore. There will come a time when, when, when Christ shall appear, when my body shall be transformed, when this mortal shall pull on immortality, when, 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 when I shall look at the Lord face to face and say, I'm so glad I have, I have transitioned from this world into a new world. I'm so glad that God loved me so much that he gave me an opportunity to transition. Beloved, it does not appear what we shall be like. But yes, yes, it, yes, it. If I'm a child of God and I can learn to live with those that I find myself with in the same congregation, then I got some problem. How can I call myself a child of God and my sister and my brother was made in the same image and likeness of God and I hit them? How can I say I'm a child of God and my sister and my brother, I stopped speaking to them because they said something to me I didn't like. Instead of confronting them, I decide I would not speak to them. How can I say I'm a child of God? I come to church every Sunday in and out and I don't love my brother. How can I say I'm a child of God? How can I say I'm a child of God? How can I long for the best to come and I'm living in this world with people I have, that make mistakes like I do and I don't love them? How can I say the best is yet to come when the people I live with right here, I don't love them. I don't speak to them. It hurts my heart to see Christians who call themselves believers. Who said they've been born again, they've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Come to church. And somebody says something, you wear your feeling on your sleeves. It, 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 is, it is exciting to see. Believer remain in the church 25 years and never make spiritual growth. The same thing that made you mad 25 years ago. Stay make you mad. And then you call yourself child of God. Paul said, when I, was a, when I was a child, I put, when I, I, when I was a child, I did things as a child. When I became grown, I put away childish behavior. Sometimes you ought to put away your childish behavior. You can be a Christian and, and every little thing people say is going to tee you off. 
How can you be a child of God? You don't have patience with people. Can you imagine how many times God forgave you? You kept going back and over and over and over and over. And somebody does something to you once. You say, that's it. I'm done. I can't speak to her. She don't deserve me to speak to her. Church, we got to grow up. We got to grow up. This is not necessary. Not according to the word of God. We spend our time majoring in the minors and minoring in the majors. How can we say we are believers? How can we say we are children of God? We come every Sunday, Pastor, Pastor Murphy preached this word. Every Sunday you listen to the word. But you don't make no spiritual growth. When they call for Bible study, six person in Bible study. Prayer meeting, six person come to prayer meeting. But yet you say you are a child of God. Nobody on your job knows you to be a child of God because you cuss on the job like a sailor. Nobody knows you to be a child of You see, as a child or a children of God, it's not just to the church. Because we spend 90% of our lives on the job and at home. Just 10% of our lives are spent in the church. So people ought to know that you are a child of God. By the way you walk, by the way you talk, by the things you do. That's what John said. John said, if you are a child of God, then you shall be like him. If we are children of God, then we ought to be like Christ. We ought to exhibit the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit, love, patience. Many of us as believers are not patient with other believers. Just think about the time when you were not spiritually strong. How other people had to pull up with your foolishness. Every day you did the same thing. You came back to God and said, Lord, you know, I, I, I should not smoke like John, but Lord, I was among the people, and I smoked like John. Lord, I'm back again. Help me again. Give me strength to move on again. And God gave you strength. But somebody in the church just offends you just a little bit, says something to you that you took out of context, you mad. You want to go to another church. Unless you can find me in a church that is made all of angels, you're just wasting your time. Because you go to another church, you're going to have another problem, and you're going to realize that the problem is not the people that the problem is you. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's time to stop playing. It's time to stop playing and grow up as Christian. We should stop this backbiting and this little gossiping and this little talking about other people. Who she, does she think she is? Why is she standing over there? Why, so, why is she praying so long? Why, why you do that? Why you do those things? Why you do those things? Those things are not godly. You ought to be supporting your brother and sister when it comes to the altar to pray. You ought to, be, you ought to be praying in the background. Lord, help that person to get, out, get a prayer to heaven instead of trying to bring the person down. It's time to stop doing those things. 
You see, God has given you grace and mercy, but you don't know what the next day is going to be. So it's, it's time to stop doing those things. It's time to grow. How long? 127 years? Are you still acting like a baby? That's not good. It's time. It, it may sound funny, but it's time to grow up. It's time to put away the division in the church. That's why we're hurting the church in Jerusalem. And John wrote to them to tell them that they have left us because they did not believe that Jesus was the Son of, of God. So if you, if, you, if you have tested about the goodness of the law, then you ought to know how good God has been. You ought to know that the God that you've, you've come in contact with is better. And so you ought to treat your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, that's the two commandments, love your love, your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your strength, and with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, the thing, I'm done. Yes, the thing I tell, I usually say, if you cannot live for the people right here in the congregation, how are you going to live with them upstairs? I mean, you can't forgive people when people do something to you. But yet you, you open your mouth every day and say, Father, forgive me. We say the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. So we're quick to forget that we're asking God, we're giving God a condition in order to forgive me. I have to forgive my neighbor. It is a serious business. It's tearing the church apart. People not speaking to other people because something happened 20-some more years ago that even if we ask you, you can't even remember what it was. Let's start. Let us stop doing these things here ungodly. Let us start exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, love, gentleness, patience. Be patient with somebody. If somebody makes a mistake, be patient with them. Just think about where you were when you were that person. Where you were when you were that person. Somebody was patient with you. Somebody walks alongside with you to get you to where you are. So we ought to walk alongside with other people. The Bible said those of you who are strong must encourage the other people to grow along with them. And that's our job as believers. That's why we come to fellowship, so that we can encourage one another to grow in the Lord and not to discourage other people. Stop the faction. It's not necessary. This is what our... One, one contemporary writer, songwriter that I love, Don, Donna Lawrence. Anyone know who Donna Lawrence is? This is what he wrote, and I, I read it, and, and I take my seat. He said, hold on, my brother, my sister. Don't give up. There is a master plan in store for you. If you just make it through, God's going to really blow your mind. God's going to make it worth your time. For all the trouble you've been through, the blessing's going to double for you. Today is the first day of the best day of your life. You ain't seen nothing yet, 
The best is yet to come.